podcast is to focus on recovery from life situations, be it a disease, chronic or acute, perhaps the loss of someone so dear to you in death, or a change of life patterns that has affected you so profoundly that you have no choice but to find your new normal and become focused on moving forward. Each episode is designed to show the positivity that people bring to each and every one of their stories, the successes they've had, ways that they have become so definitively focused on moving forward. We look forward to sharing their stories, and we hope that they inspire you just as much as they have inspired us. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to Focused on Forward, our Friday Live edition. So, sorry about that uh, for those of you who were watching and got so rudely kicked to the curb because I couldn't help myself by double-clicking a button that I shouldn't have double-clicked. So, um, you gotta love live shows and technical difficulties that makes for all the fun. So, my apologies, but hope you're, you guys are able to stick around. We've got a great show in store for you tonight. Uh, we've got Anne waiting for us in the, in the green room. Uh, Anne is a an author has a, a wonderful book for us to talk about tonight. And uh, matter of fact, there it goes across the, the bottom of the screen. That's not the full title of the book, but uh, you'll get that in just a moment. But before we bring Anne back out of the green room, want to do say a quick thank you to our sponsors. So please watch the following video. Since 1982, Vital Signs and Graphics has been helping professionals with all their image, logo, and design needs. Perhaps you're looking for signs and banners, truck and trailer lettering, business cards, brochures, or other image and marketing aids, Vital Signs and Graphics in-house design studio has you covered. From logos to apparel, start to finish, Vital Signs and Graphics has everything you need to look and feel professional. Call Rick at 231-652-3300. He'll get you noticed. Okay, so that's uh, Vital Signs and Graphics. A big thank you to them for the support that they give us. And so if you're looking for logo and, and design and graphic needs, please give Rick a call, 231-652-3300. Tell him that Focused on Forward sent you. Okay, guys, it's time to bring out our guest of honor. We're going to bring out Ann with us, and we're going to talk about her backstory, her journey through life, and how she, that led her to becoming an author. So, Anne, thank you for joining us tonight on Focused on Forward. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Round two, second try. Okay. Exactly. Uh, you know, it, it wouldn't be a live show if something didn't go wrong. Um, you know, as much as, as as many times as I've done this, we're both on this podcast and, and on Funny Science Fiction, uh, I always seem to find a, a new and fun way to, to uh, have fun with a live broadcast. So... <laughs> So anyway, uh, as a reminder to everybody in the audience and those who are watching, uh, if you're watching through Facebook, please allow StreamYard to have access to your information so that if you ask Ann a question, we see it come through uh, at, with your name and likeness instead of just good old-fashioned Facebook user. Uh, that way we can, uh, you'll know that we're answering your question uh, at that time. But any questions that you have for either Ann or myself, We'll make sure that uh, those get up on the screen and we'll do our best to answer as many as we can. But we welcome any and all interactions. So, all right, Anne. So, again, thank you. I uh, appreciate your patience and, and doing this. And I appreciate you being willing to come on and talk about, about your story 
because I'm really interested to see how you went from having being someone who who was battling with some mental health issues to the point of writing a book about films and and how that affects our mental health. So I, I'm excited for that journey and how this all takes place. So uh, please walk us through it. Sure, sure. Um, well, I've always been a writer ever since I was a little kid. I've always loved to write. Um, so that's always been there uh, for me and something I, I've always been able to tap into. But as far as writing this particular book and deciding to write the book about this subject, I was um, in training to be something called a peer support specialist, which is somebody who has mental health and or substance abuse issues, uh, being a mentor, coach, uh, support for people who have similar issues. And I saw, um, I was reading about self-care and it was talking about humor and it was talking about how comedy movies could be a form of self-care. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's what I've been doing my entire life ever since I was a little kid because I've been struggling with depression. I have bipolar disorder and generalized anxiety disorder, but I've been struggling with depression since I was 10 years old. Okay. So um, that sort of made a light bulb in my head go off. And then a few years after that, I had gotten burnt out on being a peer support specialist and being in the mental health field. Um, I wanted to do something where I could at least be on the periphery of mental health. So I decided I wanted to write this book and write it about the two things that are most important to me or two of the most important things to me, which is mental health and movies. Okay. So, you said you started back, uh, or or was di were you diagnosed at ten years old with with depression? No, I started um, I started suffering with depression when I was ten. I didn't tell anybody about it until I was eighteen. Okay, and then I got diagnosed with depression at eighteen, and then bipolar disorder at age twenty two, along with generalized anxiety disorder. Okay, so out of curiosity, because I know that there's there, I think. I don't want to put you on the spot with this question, sure. but but why did you delay in telling somebody about your depression? Well, I think part of it is, uh, you know, I felt like there was something wrong with me that, okay. you know, I didn't, I, I, I felt like that it was a just, it was deficient within myself and that I, it was something that like I needed to take care of or I needed to correct. You know, this is all not, you know, what, what's actually true. This is, this is just what was going on in my head. Um, there's a, a history of mental health in the family, okay. um, mental health issues in the family. And I didn't want to like hurt my dad or anything like that, because I know he's gone through a lot of stuff with his parents, specifically his father. Um, and I just, um, I don't know. I was just, I was ashamed. I was afraid and I didn't want anyone to think differently of me, I guess. Okay. Well, that, that's not uncommon because in people who are, who are going through mental health issues, um, you know, whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, bipolar, uh, whatever that they may be dealing with at that point, there's a stigma attached to all of those. Exactly. And I and, don't feel that way anymore. Awesome. That's awesome. 
Okay. Uh, we do have a question here from Ron. And Ron was wondering if you, about your upbringing, if you're willing to talk about your family if comfortable. Sure. Yeah. No, my parents are amazing. They've been really great, you know, um, very supportive. Uh, I've got my sister is awesome. Um, I actually wrote the book um, talking about a lot of the movies that we love to watch growing up. So I'm very lucky um, to have parents who are very supportive. Okay, awesome. Uh, now we've been referencing the book, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up on the screen real quick. Uh, if you're interested in her book, which it it's a it's pretty cool. Um, and now I'm for those of you who know, I, I host this podcast, and I also host uh, or co-host, I should say, with a couple of my friends, a, a, another show called the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. We talk a lot about movies and and TV shows, and and we all have ones that are deep, uh, close to our hearts, but. But this this book it really speaks to me in a lot of different ways, and I, the one thing I you know, so it just comes right out, and you feel like you're in a movie theater before you even start reading it because of the cover, and I love that. Uh, but it's called "Our Favorite Movies: How Films Affect Our Mental Health." Uh, and so, what I thought I would do is you, there's a description here about the book. Now you can find this on Amazon for it looks like $17.99. You can also get it on your Kindle. Uh, there's a lot of different ways for you to be able to read this. But I love this inter introduction. It says, research has shown that movies with positive messages can make us stronger, kinder, and more empathetic people. They can heal us, uplift us, and allow us a safe way to work through our struggles. In addition, watching movies with loved ones can foster deep emotional connection. Author Anne Fustel discovered over 15 years ago that watching one of her favorite movies of all time, The Princess Bride, <laughs> dramatically improved her mental health during a manic episode. Happily, she was transported to a magical realm where her symptoms couldn't follow. It became her go-to movie when she was struggling with mania, depression, or anxiety. Later, Anne realized that viewing specific movies had eased her emotional struggles since she was a child. Anne shares stories from her mental health journey, explores the history of cinema therapy as a tool to create healthy coping skills and sustain personal growth. For each of the recommended 12 movies and covers in our favorite movies, she details how they can affect our mental health. She also adds her thoughts on each movie along with fun behind-the-scenes facts. Her selections include Inside Out, When Harry Met Sally, Fried Green Tomatoes, and The Princess Bride. So I, I'm interested because Princess Bride is also one of my all-time favorite movies. So what was it about Princess Bride that spoke to you and reached out to you and, and, and made it to be the movie that kind of, kind of sounds like it, you know, kind of, you know, gave you the impetus to get this going? Sure. Um, so what happened was I was in the midst <laughs> of a manic episode in college when I was 20 and I wasn't sleeping. And okay. I thought, well, I'll just watch a movie just to kill time. So I put on The Princess Bride, and all of a sudden, like, everything went away. I was just, I was there in the in the world of The Princess Bride. And I think partially because it's like a fairy tale, and it's so outside of, um, you know, this world, this reality. It's just, it's its own universe. I think that was part of it. Part of it is just, it's the perfect 
movie. You know, it's just, it's a fantastic movie. The writing, the acting, the cinematography, the directing, just like there's nothing wrong with this movie, right? Um, so, and just the way it makes me feel, it just makes me feel so good and it makes me feel like a child again. So, okay. um, going back to that feeling of, of excitement and enjoyment and calm, I think. And it's, it's sort of hard to describe exactly why the Princess Bride sometimes, but I think that's like the best description I could give you. Okay. So a form of escapism, perhaps? I think that's part of it. I think it's, you know, uh, it, 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 like a lot of the other movies, it's about the connection that I felt with my sister when we watched movies together, and we watched that one together a lot. Okay. Like, I don't even know how many times. I understand. It, that. So for me, it would be Star Wars. We were talking about this, you know, uh, pre-show. And for me, it'd be Star Wars. I, I couldn't tell you how many times I've watched all the Star Wars movies. I couldn't, you know, uh, I've had, when I was a kid, and if I was, um, and I have to use air quotes for this, when I was sick uh, and would stay home from school, uh, you know, back in the days <laughs> of the old VCR, I'd take one yeah. out, put the next one in, one out, put the next one in, and just come, and I would do that all day long. And I didn't have to have a break in between. I would just keep watching them. I am interested, though, about one, a couple different sentences, and we'll kind of take these one at a time as we as we go through these things. Um, but one of the things in your introduction here to this book on, on Amazon said that um, you, you mentioned it just a moment ago, that watching movies with loved ones can foster deep emotional connections. Can we talk about that for a couple minutes and, and, and what you mean by that and how it affected both you and your movie watching and the, the, the way that it affected your emotional connections to it. Sure. Sure. Well, you know, I mean, there's one thing about watching a movie with someone is that um, you can get into this sort of flow state um, and you can do that together with somebody else. And you're with, you're, you're there, you're watching it. You're, you know, at least, I don't think it happens as much now, but before when we didn't have as many distractions, um, it was easier to really just get into the movie and be there. And I think that when you can really do that, you can be there in the movie with somebody else. You're, you're exploring the reality of this movie with somebody else. And especially if you keep watching it again and again with the same person, you're having that experience and you can, you know, you have the different, lines you can quote back and forth with each other um you have sort of this thing you can tap into you know with my sister and i the one we watched the most together is when harry met sally okay and uh um, I'll, I'll have what she's having yeah exactly um <laughs> but there's this whole part about the pecan pie where they're sort of speaking in these funny voices that my sister and i will do you know, sometimes we'll go back and forth with that or different movies or we'll just watch a movie together. And then we don't do as much of that as we've gotten older, but we still do that occasionally, like on Christmas and stuff. So, but there's that connection. And I think you can also feel an emotional connection with people if you go to the movie theater. Now, that's not as safe as it used to be, but 
I think that when you laugh together at the same time at something, I think there's something there. Right. You know, and it's interesting that you mentioned that uh, because we one of the last movies I saw in the theater before all of this, I think, was uh, Marvel's Endgame for the oh, Avengers. Okay. You know, and and how loud and boisterous the 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 theater was because of everything, and I missed that. Oh my! I want you know, and I have to be cautious because my daughter is autoimmune, and and there's some other things that's going on. So, oh, so you know, most of our movie watching has been at home. You know, mm-hmm. and and so I'm I'm very eager. We're we're talking about wanting to go see the new Black Widow movie, my daughter and I, because she's my little co nerd, and um, <laughs> so we're talking about you know the the possibility of going and seeing that in theater. Uh, Ron Lippett says, "I feel like the this past year with lockdowns and such, the idea of watching movies together has been one of the most reliable mental health tools available to us. Perhaps one of the only tools." What are your thoughts exactly. on that? No, I, I think it's completely true. I think people have really been tapping into movies. And I've seen pieces, um, I think there was a New York Times piece about how much comfort movies help us um, in times of, of great stress. Um, because the movies that we go to over and over are the movies where we don't have to worry about what's going to happen. There is a little bit of stress when you watch a movie where you don't know what's going to happen. I'm not a huge amount of stress, but there's something that, you know, that you're on the edge of your seat, right? What is that? Right. You know, use that phrase. Uh, will they or won't they, you know, uh, is it going to be a good or bad ending or is it going to be a neutral? Um, but that is for sure. And it's such a, it's a relatively easy thing to do is go watch a movie. Like that's, there's a lot of things that are expensive or hard to do that are self-care right. tools but watching a movie, it's either zero dollars or you know whatever it costs for streaming or whatnot. Right. No, I get that. Okay. Very good. All right. We have another comment, a question here, actually from JC. This is a good question. Um, he says, "Do you believe that the fantasy aspect of romance mm-hmm. movies can hurt your relationship as well?" I'd like to know more about. Is that like the the fact that the romance isn't realistic in, in a lot of room like the the relationships aren't realistic do you think that's what he means uh, yeah I, I think so because you know typically there's um you know a lot of like the fantasy novels the fantasy move you know those fantasy romance movies can put undue expectations of what a, a relationship could or should be i think maybe yeah. that's what jc's referring to yeah no i would agree with that i would agree with that i think um that movies are there are definitely movies out there that that send you know messages that are not helpful and can be even toxic so i think it depends on the movie but you know uh, so there are definitely um romantic comedies and dramas out there who are not beneficial i'm thinking like twilight and things like that sure uh jc followed up with saying in the sense of looking at what your relationship is is like Okay, so that's a completely different way. I'm glad that he did that. Yeah, um, looking at whether relationship is lacking, um, I think a lot of people will uh, compare themselves to a movie or to different media and say, well, why don't I get to have that? Or isn't that what I'm supposed to be, you know, 
isn't that the way I'm supposed to be, or isn't that way our relationship is supposed to be? So okay. I think that can be a negative, yeah. Okay. And, and Rod also makes a statement on here. <laughs> Ron says, I also feel like the movie Cats did more for my mental health in terms of sheer laughter <laughs> and ridicule that I have the film producers to thank for many years to come. <laughs> Ron, you brought up cats. That's a 10 minute banning. Uh, Ron was just on my funny science fiction podcast, our live show this past week. And so he's, he's a good dude. Uh, but that's a banning Ron. That's a banning. Um, okay. So yeah, so there's, there's a lot of different ways that, that we can see from this. There's a lot of different ways that movies can impact our emotional connections, the way that we, uh, our memories trigger our memories and things along those lines. Um, another thing that I thought uh, I wanted to talk to you about here is that you said that it, the viewing specific movies eased your emotional struggles. In what ways was, was it easing your emotional struggle? I think that we touched on this um, a little bit, you know, earlier. But what what was it about certain movies that were was easing your struggles? Sure. Um, so I'll go to Inside Out. Um, which now I use Inside Out and The Princess Bride as my go-to movies. Okay. You know, especially at three o'clock in the morning. Um, but Inside Out, it eases my emotional struggles. So for those of you who haven't seen the movie, um, basically it's the story of an 11-year-old girl named Riley and the five basic emotions inside of her head. Sadness, joy, fear, disgust, and anger. So um, sadness is actually my favorite character in the movie. And she's amazing. She's funny. She's sweet. She's empathetic. And when I watch her in the movie, um, I don't feel so alone. Okay. Um, and I feel like it's natural to be sad. It's, you know, and the fact that I have to, I deal with depression impressive episodes is okay. Like there's not some big thing wrong with me. Uh, it's just the way things are. So I think that's one way that watching um, that, that watching that movie and uh, deals with uh, my emotional struggles. And also I think, you know, I, I see different things happen like an inside out. Um, they, the, character's family moves from uh, Minneapolis to San Francisco because the mm -hmm. dad gets a job in San Francisco. And um, I moved when I was a kid and it was not always the best of, of, of experiences. So I think I can sort of go back to some of these more negative experiences in my life and say, hey, this was just sort of, this is what happens when kids move. You know, that doesn't always go smoothly. You don't always make friends, at least not right away, you know? So it soothes those memories that I have and it soothes, you know, the feelings that I have. Um, okay. And also I think that I get to know myself better when I sort of, um, when I feel a connection with a character, I get to know myself better. And I think when you get to know yourself better, I think that helps with emotional struggle. Okay. No, that's cool. Uh, we also have another comment from JC here about the movie Inside Out. This is a Pixar movie, right? Yeah. Okay. This is For whatever reason, I have never watched this movie. 
I don't know why. And I don't know why. I love Pixar movies. I, yeah. And I have Disney Plus, so we're going to make this happen. Okay. Um, but JC says, he says, I heard this. Riley was struggling with her identity. Case in point, all of mom's emotions were women. All of dad's emotions were men. Riley was the mixture. Did you hear anything about that? Or do you understand what he's, what he's saying? Um, sort of that. I think that's an interesting. I, I never really thought about that. The fact that, yeah, because three of the five emotions in Riley's head were played by or our, you know, male characters. So emotion isn't really a, a man, but if they're voiced by male characters. They look in the they're in the shape of of men. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, but that's a. I, I never really thought about that. That's a very interesting idea. That was she's thinking her identity is malleable. So therefore, there are two characters who are, you know. So you know, look like male characters. Okay. Um, but I, I guess I, I don't really know if I, if there's anything about that that, um, sort of is going to break loose in my mind. Other than that, that's an interesting point. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was too. Okay, so let's move on a little bit here. You also talked about uh, in, and I'm just kind of going through this this uh, paragraph because. There were so many things in here where I was I was kind of preparing. I was like, oh, I want to ask her about that. Oh, I want to ask her about that. Uh, because you had some really cool stuff in here. Um, and I'm trying to find the, the, the next point. Uh, oh, here it is. Uh, you said that uh, movies, in using cinema therapy is what you called it, as a tool to create healthy coping skills. So what are some of the healthy coping skills that you've, you've used or, or have used with movies to help create healthy, healthy coping skills for you. See, I can say it. I knew I can get the word out. <laughs> so just want to, first of all, cinema therapy is basically the, um, uh, a way to um, use watching movies as a form of therapy. So um, as far as, sorry, it's how do I use movies as a coping skill? Yeah. Or it says that it created health, using cinema therapy as a tool uh -huh. to create healthy coping skills. So what were some of the healthy, healthy coping skills that came from using cinema therapy? Um, so some of the coping skills that came from using cinema therapy, uh, basically um, I would say it included um, just um, allowing things to just be the way they are. I think watching certain movies just reminded me that, you know, life is life. Life is going to be messy. Um, and that, you know, I can get in my head about things and sort of believe that, you know, I'm a bad person or believe that, there's something wrong with me. You know, we've talked about this before, but I think mm -hmm. a lot of times watching movies, I can get out of my head, get into another universe and just feel like, you know, I just got to do what I got to do. Um, so that would be one. I think, um, you know, I talked about the connecting with other people. I, I think that's a, a great tool because sometimes you, 
you're not so good at, at communicating with somebody else and you want to connect with them. But um, for whatever reason, you have some kind of history, you're having trouble, you know, connecting mm -hmm. with them. So I think uh, a great coping skill, a great way to cope with life is to connect with others. So watching movies is, is a coping skill in that way. And, um, you know, just uh, yeah, some of the things we've already, you know, we've already talked about. So right. okay. I think connection and I think, um, you know, acceptance of, of life and acceptance of, of yourself. Okay. Excellent. Now, one of the other, the, the end of that sentence talked about sustaining personal growth. When we think about sustaining it, that means that something is continuous. Mm -hmm. So how does cinema therapy help you sustain that personal growth? I think um, it's, it's a way to um, keep working on your personal growth and keep tapping into movies to, f to um, find ways um, to keep growing. Uh, for instance, with The Princess Bride, um, there's a lot of characters in that who have very positive qualities. Um, and um, I think, uh, for instance, Inigo, his most positive quality is how loyal he is and how passionate he is mm -hmm. would be the two ones. Um, I think that's really important. So... I think if I say, okay, so how am I like Indigo? Am I, can I be that loyal or am I that loyal? Can I be that passionate? So sort of thinking about the movie and experiencing the movie and seeing how, um, you know, how you could be like that character, how you are like that character, and that can sort of tell you something about yourself. Or you can say, um, uh uh for Vicini um how he was the or as the inconceivable guy as some of you might know him. <laughs> so the in inconceivable. So <laughs> I consider myself fairly intelligent and sometimes I can get a big head about that. You know, I can sort of think, well I'm I'm pretty smart, so you know, maybe I'm smarter than that person, which is not a way I always want to feel. But right. to, to see that in somebody in, a, in another character and say, okay, so like, this is part of myself. I can get a big head about things. And that's okay. That's just sort of who I am. And, and as long as I don't get nasty, and as long as I don't get, you know get mean about things it's okay to sometimes think to yourself hey maybe i am pretty smart so i think you can and this also goes goes towards there's several cinema therapists out there who have written about this including um uh including some of the authors who i talk about in the group in the book uh, talking about shadow self. So sort of the, the parts of yourself that you don't always want oh, okay. other people to see, or you don't even want yourself to see. So I think that you can find, um, you can find character development through watching movies and you can keep doing that with every single movie. Okay. So one of the things that 
that I was curious about. So you've mentioned movies that, you know, are, are movies that affect you positively, but how do you find the balance between the positive and the negative? How do you know when a movie's not something that is healthy for you to continue watching? Because I mean, there's a, there's literally a million movies out there. There has to be uh, at this point, uh, oh. you know, but how do you know where to draw the line or, or is this something you talk about in the book where this is the line that, that needs to be beat. We need to be cautious of. I don't necessarily talk about a line. I talk about several things that come up in movies that are, I talk about something called the ick factor, which is what I came up with myself. And I look at how does the movie affect me uh, positively with my mental health? Does it help mm -hmm. with anxiety, depression, that kind of thing versus does it have all these negatives in it and sort of, um, you know, sort of uh so let's say there's a movie like inside out that's amazing and it has no negatives to me that's great but let's start looking at something like the movie the color purple which has a lot of violence um in it and different darker themes to it mm -hmm. um so maybe not a lot of violence but it has some violence in it enough yeah so, i get what you're saying yeah so it's but does it help you? Does it have those positive qualities for you versus the the you know some of the different scenes of abuse? Right. So yeah, but then you might have something opposite, like the movie, um, like the Transformers movies, where they're very violent, but they don't necessarily give you any good value for what you're watching. Okay. Now some people enjoy have no problems with anything with any kind of violence in a movie um and so i'm not saying you shouldn't watch a movie if it has violence in it you know i watch plenty of movies with that but i try to sort of have uh an equation there where i'm getting more out of the movie than i might have some kind of darkness to it but there are certain movies that um i just won't watch you know, like the Saw movies, like I'm like, sure, just not. That's there's yeah. no reason for me to watch that. I've never been a horror fan myself, so the the slash and gut it really isn't going to be a thing for me. So, okay, um, so yeah, so I was thinking about that. You know, with the color purple, although uh, important because of the topic and and you know the social issues that need to be addressed, maybe that's not the the time to to watch it as if you're having some of these issues if you're looking for something that's going to help upbuild and elevate your you know your mental your mental state right okay all right yeah because i was kind of curious about that because you know i, I was looking over the the list of, of movies that, that are in here and, and so you know inside out with harry matt sally fried green tomatoes princess bride all of these are you know uh i don't want to say they're happy-go-lucky movies you know there, mm -hmm. there's but you know there's there's none of them that are at least in this list i haven't seen the entire list i can't say what all the other movies are um but you know uh none of those were were the color purple that's why i was kind of curious where you know if there was a line where where you say you know this is where where to draw that line so okay i think it's it's one of those is so subjective oh sure yeah you know 
so subjective and it's really the line is going to be different for every single person. Yeah, no, I, I get that completely. Um, you know, because the way that your depression affects you is going to, my depression is going to affect me differently. Um, you know, between, you know, and then you throw in counseling and medications and anything else. And that's just, it's, it's a whole different thing understood. Okay. Uh, so what are, what are some of the other movies that are attached in this list of, of, uh, uh, the tw- it says there's 12 movies, and I think sure. the, we have four or five of them listed. Okay, let's see if I can do this. I don't have my book in front of me. I should have this memorized, so if I mess up, we'll see. <laughs> so, we'll okay, I we'll only go through- mostly hold it against you. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> so we got Inside Out, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, okay. Uh, Fried Green Tomatoes, A League of Their Own. Oh, nice. Defending Your Life. Okay. Uh, Tommy Boy. Excellent. The Princess Bride. Okay. Uh, when Harry Met Sally. Uh, Joe versus the Volcano. Okay. Little Women, 1994 version. Mm-hmm. Contact. And there's a missing one in there, which I'm sure I'll think of in the middle of the night or when I look at the book next. But <laughs> I think... That's okay. Half the movies you listed off there, as you're listing them off, I'm fighting every urge to like start just throwing lines out at you. Uh, <laughs> so I was, I like kind of want to like pat myself on the back for being such a good boy and not interrupting you as he was going through the list. <clears throat> okay. Uh, so other than those movies, now you mentioned Saw, like, you know, so is there one movie that you used to watch? that you no longer do that you've taken off the list, you know, because there there's, you know, I find it at least for me, uh, because again, this is something I've been thinking about for over the last week and, you know, what movies affect me happily and, and I enjoy and, and things like that. But there's a few movies that I think that over time <coughs> that I, that, you know, I just don't watch anymore. And it's not because they're bad movies, but just because they didn't provide value to me any longer. Uh, especially when we're talking about this topic. So are there ones that used to be in your list of like, yeah, let's grab that off the shelf. Let's watch that. But aren't there so much anymore? So another, so I I talk not just about violence um, in the book, but also about things like racism, sexism, fat phobia, xenophobia, all of the isms and phobias. And so one movie I don't watch anymore is 16 Candles. Oh, interesting. Okay. You've got xenophobia in that you got the you know the character the long duck dong where yeah his his race has got a constant joke throughout it sure there, there's at least one gay slur in the movie sure there's um you know there it looks like there might have been some kind of assault with the uh, in in the movie uh, okay. with one of the female characters. Um, and, um, there's, there's what's called ableism or sort of it's discrimination, discrimination against folks who have different kinds of disabilities. Cause there's a girl with a scoliosis brace who's constantly joked oh, yeah. about, made yeah, fun of. Kind of the butt of the joke there for a while. Exactly. So, and it just sort of the whole thing with the one female character being drunk and like given to one of the other characters. It's just, there's a lot of things in 16 candles that are problematic. 
yeah i can i can see that um i honestly a couple of those things i had kind of i think i had kind of forgotten about it's been so long since i've actually seen 16 candles um but yeah that was one of the things now that you mention it i'm gonna have to reconsider that but uh um but i was actually quick just scanning through my list because there was one that i movie that i i have on my my voodoo digital list of ones that i used to watch all the time um you know these are all my my favorites or used to be my favorites or some of them and i can't seem to find it but i'm most of my movies and i'll be honest with you most of my movies are sci-fi superhero related i as most people can see from behind me that's uh that's kind of where my my leanings go uh quite regularly oh yeah here it is um so i used to watch the movie the italian job the the the, mod, the more modern remake uh, mm -hmm. quite often and it's not that it's a bad movie or there's i that i think that there's anything wrong with it it's just that i I used to enjoy it because there, you know, there was the Mini Cooper car chase thing inside the buildings, and you know a lot of it was filmed in Venice, and I thought that was kind of cool. And then I just stopped caring, and it no longer, you know, it was one of those things where for me, you know, you talk about I didn't have that attachment to it anymore. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like if I put on a, a, a Indiana Jones movie where I can sit down and watch those, you know, all back to back or Star Wars movies or, or the new Star Trek movies. I can sit down and watch those anytime and have, have no problem with them. But um, yeah, Italian job was one of them. And I actually also the movie radio. I don't know if you ever saw that with Cuba Gooding Jr. And uh, Oh, I can't remember Ed. The other guy's name is Ed something. And I can't remember his name, but uh, a white gentleman balding. But uh, between all the the uh, issues circling around Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, was the sexual assault uh, claims and that and the fact that, that he's a mentally challenged person is being picked on for a good portion of the movie. And I just I didn't like that portion of it, it kind of made me sad. Um, so but anyway, so you've got a really cool book here. And from what I've, I haven't been able to read very much of it. I have looked over some of it, and I, I and I'm actually anxious to kind of go through the rest of it and and, and finish it off. Um, but I am a slow reader, mainly because I'm not a big fan of reading, so I have to sit down and do it in chunks. Um, <laughs> I'll be completely honest with you. It takes me, you know, for what pe most like my daughter who can read, you know, three books in a day. She says not quite, but three. That's what I always say. Um, you know that what would take her to read three books i might get a third of a book done you know so just a little slower for me so one of the things that i, I you know want to make sure that i ask you because i ask all everybody who's ever been on my show uh these following two questions and it has to do with with your story uh with ann's journey in life okay okay all right. So looking back over the entirety of your journey, what's the single greatest lesson that you have learned? Wow. Um, it pays to be kind. It okay. pays in the sense not that it, you know, it, it helps you. It helps everybody else. 
And it's beneficial to your mental health. It's beneficial to their mental health. It's beneficial to the universe. So, you know, it pays to be kind. Okay. All right. Uh, the second question, similar to the first one, is what is the, looking back over your journey, what is the single greatest piece of advice that you've been given? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I'm trying to think if there, if there's anything I could say for sure. Um, I think I've, I've heard this from, from a lot of people over my lifetime and okay, I, I think it's be yourself. I think that's, that's the best thing that uh, multiple people have told me. And I think sometimes, especially when you're a kid, you think, oh, you know, that they're just trying to make me feel better. They're just, sure. you know, you know, that's not really helpful to me. And then sometimes it takes you a lifetime to understand that actually being yourself is the best thing that somebody can tell you. Okay, excellent. All right, so Anne, if, if people are interested in finding out, out more about you, about your book, what's what's the best way for them to be able to reach out to you and or or look up your book? Sure, um, I think uh, check out my website, which is uh, wearewritingwisely.com. Okay, um, and so you can you can also learn more about me and what I do as my business, which I work as an editor and a writer and data entry tech. Okay. Um, but I talk about my business and you can contact me through the, uh, you know, the email that I've got, the email box stuff that I got up on there. Okay. So we are writing wisely.com. Yep. Okay. And as a reminder, you can get her book on Amazon. I'm sure you can get it through uh, a variety of, of mediums out there. Uh, so if you're, there's uh, on Amazon, I think it has 10 reviews right now and all of them are five stars and uh on goodread uh it has five ratings and it's a, it's a four star rating on there um you had one salty person that's gonna happen uh <laughs> i know i know i was like really you gotta be salty huh okay yeah, yeah some people just can't help themselves <laughs> but uh again Anne's movie uh Anne's movie Anne's book is entitled Our Favorite Movies, How Films Affect Our Mental Health. So this is a, a very interesting topic. I, I love being able to talk about movies at any time that I can. And so having you on, Anne, has been a pleasure. I've been excited about this topic, and and uh, you certainly have not disappointed in, in that regard. So oh, th th thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be on this podcast. I really had a lot of fun. Yeah, excellent. And, and before I let you go, I have to ask, other than the movies listed, what's one recommendation that, of a movie that you think people should watch? The Fifth Element. Oh, see, Anne, I knew I was going to like you. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, yeah, it's a great sci-fi movie. It's hilarious. It's got fantastic, you know lines directing cinematography everything bruce willis go see it yeah absolutely i i can't agree with you more that is see to me that is is almost the perfect movie 
between that, it, Matt and, per, and Princess Bride, it's they're right up there. Clearly behind Star Wars, but they're right up there. So, <laughs> okay. Well, Anne, again, thank you so much. And everybody, uh, we have to end here. Just uh, we started a couple minutes late because one of us had uh, sticky fingers on the end broadcast button. I won't say who that was, but it was me. Uh, and I just want to say thank you, Anne, for your time. And please go check out her book, Our Favorite Films, How Films Affect Our Mental Health. And again, you can find her on wearewritingwisely.com. Again, Anne, thank you. Thanks. And thank you to everyone for, for uh, watching and participating. And thank you to everyone for their questions who, who wrote in. All right, guys, that's going to conclude us tonight for Focused on Forward. Well, that concludes another episode of Focused on Forward. To be a guest of Focused on Forward, you can reach us through Twitter at PodcastFOF, through our Facebook page named Focused on Forward, or through email FocusedOnForward at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing each and every one of your stories that has yet to be told. So until then, be safe, be kind, and be loving to one another as you stay focused on Forward.